Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 134 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. I'm Robert Shea. I like the way you said that. I'm, I'm, I've been coaching you a couple of these episodes about how you introduce yourself, and that was very forceful. That was very awesome. direct. And, and punchy. It's great. Finally got some confidence at 52. You're getting there. You're really making yeah. it happen. You know, Thank here's you, another thing to think about uh, regarding time. Oh, I didn't ask, but go ahead. Yeah. We're about to enter the beginning of the, I think, beginning of February, the fourth season of this program. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Four, it'll be the fourth it. year we're doing this show. Wow. That's quite incredible. And we haven't grown a bit in <laughs> no. listenership, but my kids still like it. It's great. My son has never listened to this program that I'm able to ascertain. <laughs> never heard it once. And that's fine. That's Wh- fine. Whatever that's turns fine. him on is, is fine. Right. As long as he's not doing anything illegal, I don't have to bail him out. That's all I care about. And so far, so good. Fingers crossed for a, a new year on the way. Uh, speaking of a new year on the way, as you and our friend Dan Chenick discussed on the Government Matters television program not long ago, a new administration is on the way, uh, finally undertaking the transition. We'll talk about that in a moment. But you said something on that program that I wanted to explore with you. Uh, you expressed, at least through your tone, a great deal of displeasure with the fact that the Trump administration on the way out the door is working on a, a budget document. And I wonder, you said something to the effect on the TV show that it was a tremendous, maybe tremendous wasn't word, a waste of time and taxpayer dollars, or words to those effect, to, to the, the effect of those. Tell me again if you remember exactly what you said or exactly what you think and why about that particular issue. Traditionally, uh, in the last um, months of a president's term, an outgoing president's term, they submit what's called a concurrent services budget. They don't go through the whole budget process since they know the new administration is going to submit its own budget, uh, which will be likely vastly different than the current administration. This administration is making the whole budgeting apparatus across the government engage in an exercise to produce fulsome budgets, not just current services, which will be thrown in the garbage as soon as the new team gets in place. And OMB is one of the hardest working workforces. They're also contributing significantly to the transition while trying to wrap up the last year's budget at the same time. So to impose this exercise on that already overburdened workforce is a shame. Is it just the time and effort and money that it takes, or is it, well, I guess that's a, a moot point, because OMB and, and the budgeting organizations are not, don't have infinite capacity, so I, I imagine by its very nature, something that comprehensive is taking resources, time, energy, and money away from something else that it could be doing that would be more constructive. Is that well, fair? Well, you know, the, the funny thing. There's this there's this phrase about 
OMB being the reverse Wells Fargo wagon. You know, they used to say that the Wells Fargo wagon got faster and faster as it offloaded its cargo. OMB is said to go faster and faster the more you load on it. Uh huh. There's got to be diminishing returns, of course. And remember, we're in the middle of the nation's greatest economic crisis and uh, a global pandemic. So, you know, all, all of that going on at the same time is just, just a tremendous burden on that workforce. Also watching the transition, and that was the reason that you and Dan were on the program, the television program. What are your observations now that we are a couple of weeks into it? GSA has ascertained the election results. It's funny. Chenick texted us, what was it, Monday or Tuesday after you guys were on the show on Sunday? Because that's when Emily Murphy ascertained the election. And and I think he was joking, but he was quite gleeful in the fact that you guys were on the show saying we ought to get the transition underway. And sure enough, the transition gets underway. So I'll take credit I mean, for that, by the way. I'm happy for the three of us to, to take credit for that. Hell, it's Washington D.C. If we're not taking credit, somebody else. Is. <laughs> somebody else is going to for sure. Right. Now that it's been underway for a couple of weeks, does it appear from your perspective that it's happening apace? That the Biden people are getting the access that they need, and all of that. Yeah, it looks like the landing teams met with agency officials almost immediately after that letter was sent, and according to the president-elect, the. Those uh, interactions are being handled professionally and expeditiously. The president-elect and vice president-elect are getting their intelligence briefs. I'm not sure everything is going as swimmingly as it could, but I think we're, we're making a lot more progress today than we were before the, the invitation to meet was revealed. What do you think's not going as well as it could? Well, I think there's probably still a lot of people across the administration who think there's a remote chance that this thing goes the other way. Mm. And I got and, bad you know, news that, for them. <laughs> that that whole budget uh, exercise is is a great example. You know, uh, Defense One, Katie Bo Williams and Marcus Weisberger wrote a piece having gotten a hold of DOD's passback, and that purported to reveal how the administration was trying to institute policies or proposals that would put the new administration in bad light. So, for instance, if they submit a really generous, even if unlikely to be enacted, budget, and the new administration comes in and submits one that's robust, but nonetheless significantly less than that one, mm-hmm. that's going to make it look like they're gutting the Defense Department. Yeah. For that, that, That's how, you know, and so to... To actively disadvantage the new administration is not a good um, tack for democracy. Now, don't get me wrong, president's president until January 20th, and he should make every effort to legitimately institute policies that they've supported. But nothing that unfairly disadvantages the new team, in my view. As an alumnus of the Office of Management and Budget, I saw a number last week that I bet really raised your hackles. 425 is this number. That's the number of people, 88% of the workforce at the Office of Management and Budget, that could be moved to the new Schedule F, which would make them much more subject, maybe not 100% subject, but make it much easier for someone 
whether this administration or some future administration, to fire them. That had to just make you completely insane. Yeah, it breaks my heart because, again, hardest working workforce in government to be put in a scenario where you could likely be fired without cause is menacing. And here's how I put it. If someone was not in a position to tell me that what I was proposing or the ideas that I had were insane. Which a lot of them are. For fear they get fired, a lot of crazy stuff would have gotten done. You expect candid, objective, sometimes advice that, that goes down like bad medicine from these extremely experienced professionals with unbelievable institutional memory. If, if there's a hunger to get things done quickly when you're a political appointee, but you need to do that within the guardrails of our institutions, our laws, our regulations, and in collaboration with stakeholders, Congress, the public, it's not doing good to ram things through without doing them correctly. Unfortunately, that's called bureaucracy. Sometimes it's a good thing. It prevents us from instituting bad policy. The challenge that I see with the Schedule F, too, is I've had a couple of people on the program, the television program, that have said over the last couple of weeks, it's not simply a matter of President Biden, January 20th in the afternoon, signing an executive order saying that other executive orders repealed. There's damage potentially that can happen between now and January 20th that will be very hard to repair. What's the damage that potentially would be difficult to repair? Well, there's some steps that have to happen between now and then that, that, that might serve us well. So agencies have to submit their proposed movement of positions to OPM for OPM's approval. Uh, If OPM approves it, then those agencies have to actually move those people and then they have to take action. They can put new people in those positions or remove people from existing positions. That's the part that'd be hard to unwind. Does uh, Biden rehire uh, those who were fired improperly and remove those who were inappropriately burrowed as a result of this policy and then repeal Schedule F? In which case, that's going to cause a whole heck of trouble, heap of trouble. That, that, does that answer your question? Yeah. That's the, that's the wrinkle that, that puts Biden in a bind. No, that makes sense. How big of a problem do, is it your sense that burrowing really is? Does a lot of that go on, or is it the cases where it does happen that make it problematic, this idea that a political appointee converts to a career and sticks around? Or what What is the reason that Congresses of both parties get hacked off about the potential of burrowing every time the transitions change? Those of us who took political positions did so because they wanted to advance a political agenda. Civil servants are generally supposed to be agnostic about policy positions. They're supposed to implement law and regulation and the president's program, whatever he or she proposes. A political appointee who arrived in the government having that political point of view is suspect 
because the risk is that they continue to advance their political views rather than take uh, this agnostic objective point of view. And it's happened during every administration for the dimmer of the political class. These uh, civilian positions are very attractive. And that's a great, it's uh, a great way to describe it. The dimmer of the political <laughs> class. That's beautiful. And GAO has inventoried these positions in every transition I can remember. So they'll do the same. Be interesting to see if there's a bigger problem this year as a result of this or any other problems. Well, that was my next question is how hard is it to track these people down now versus tracking them down six months from now or a year from now or whatever? It's not hard to track them down. It's hard to track them down using legitimate means. You shouldn't be assessing one's political bona fides if they're in a civilian position. Uh -huh. You don't want to create a scenario where people are ratting other people out for this purpose. That's, yeah. You know, there's a difference between a rat and a whistleblower. So it's, it's real complicated. What would you watch in the coming weeks, my friend, as uh, we get closer and closer to the Biden administration taking office? Uh, we have, what, six weeks or so until that happens. What's on your radar screen? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's like, you know, planes landing on a non-pandemic Christmas. You've got the continuing resolution expiring. You've got whether or not they're going to try and put the stimulus onto that, making it an even bigger Christmas tree. Schedule F, will it be enjoined or will Congress add language to appropriations, halting it? And then appointments, you know. I think the writing is on the wall that confirmation of nominees won't go at the pace or of the variety that the president-elect might hope. And so getting the sub-cabinet, non-Senate-confirmed appointees in place, I think is going to be a much bigger deal than in past transitions. I think you'll see that team take the field much more quickly than in the past. One thing we didn't cover at the beginning of the conversation, which we really should have right up front, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. A lot of Zoom calls. Just Eva, Mimi, and I at the table, but we nonetheless had the full spread. Um, beautiful weather, I might yeah. add. So it's a wonderful it was, day, weather-wise. That was a good touch. What about you? It was terrific. My mom, being the contrarian that she is, made uh, ham and uh, spiced shrimp and an absolutely wonderful uh, shrimp and crab casserole. And so we just had the most delightful wonderful day that sounds wonderful yeah it was really great um another question and then I'll, I'll let you go what do you want for christmas what's on your christmas list this year uh, you know what i want one thing i want to see my girls so Aww. we may try to make that happen over dr fauci's objections but don't that's, tell anybody that's sweet Oh, well, nobody listens to this program, so that's this is the perfect place to air those desires. All what right. do you want for Christmas? Uh, I think I want gift cards from Wawa. Oh, that's what my girls want. I think I, that's what I want, just because it's funny to say Wawa to me. And gift cards to Royal Farms are just not nearly as funny. What's the competing? Is it sketches? What's the competing um, for the competitor of Wawa? In the Baltimore area, it's Royal Farms, oh. and 
I mean, there's Turkey Hill up around my parents. A bunch of them. Sheets. We'll have to. Well, yeah, Sheets is the one I'm thinking about. Okay. We'll have to yeah. say that. Sheets also not funny episode. to say. Oh, I don't know. I can make it funny. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> another episode. Oh, we'll save that one. All right, my friend. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to the Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.